do you feel like that liberation in your own yoga therapy practice is actually, do you think that was like the key element that really healed you? Oh, I've never been asked that before. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I think, I think I could say yes. You know, I think, um, I think when you really do accept yourself, like when you really accept all the parts of yourself, even the parts that, you know, might be the, the, you know, the darker, the shadow, the more shadow sides, it is really freeing because no one, no one can take it away from you. You know, no one can, can say that you are less than because you've already accepted all the pieces of yourself. So, and I think that allows an individual to, you know, to take chances to do so, you know, um, I don't know the words calculated, but like some necessary risk taking, you know, um, to find some comfort there and to be really comfortable with, with the unknown, you know, to not try and plan, you know, have your five-year plan, your 10-year plan, but to be really comfortable with, with the unknown. Hey everyone, my name is Sarah Tillamont and welcome to Her Ascension Story, the podcast that proves the world is transformed by every hero's personal adventure. Here we talk about the real and the raw things that make up life and what it really is. It's the authentic things that should be talked about more. And I'm talking people's stories from around the world that we can all see ourselves reflected in. Yoga, sex, consciousness, healing, the hard parts about life, and so much more. My hope is that you get inspired here to go deeper on your personal path. And if you like this stuff and you want to go deeper together, be sure to check me out on Instagram at Her Ascension Story, or head to my website, herascensionstory.com, to book a session. Thank you so much for being here. Let's dive in. Welcome to season three finale, everybody. I just want to say thank you so, so much for being here and for listening. And of course, to all of the incredible guests that have come on and shared their inspiring stories, because I could have never imagined that the show would be reaching over 50 countries in the world and continue to grow. So just thank you so, so much to everybody. Um, I'm not going to say that there's a set date in in stone for season four to begin. I'm shooting, I'm aiming for early to mid-summer, but I do have a retreat coming up in Sedona. Um, And if I can just promote that real quick, because it's going to be amazing and transformative. Um, We are going to be experiencing a shamanic sweat lodge and healing um, sessions and yoga and hanging out with wolves like, yes, real wild wolves, playing and cuddling with them and petting them and just learning from them. Um, We're going to be doing, of course, yoga, meditation, exploring nature, sound baths under the stars, all of that good stuff. We're going to be doing it together and it's going to feel so, so good to just travel and connect with people again. Uh, just two of my biggest passions. So that's going to be July 14th through the 18th. And if you do want to check it out, all of that information is on my Instagram at her ascension story. There are five spots left, plenty of room for you and your friends to sign up. But um, yeah, I don't really know if I can start and finish a season of a podcast or, you know, there's a lot of planning that's going into it and just a lot of activity and action and divine masculine energy and of course feminine energy as well going into it. So I don't really know if I'm going to be able to, you know, do that and take like a whole month long season break or something from it. I don't really know, but you can stay up to date on when season four will be released. Um, 
by just following me on Instagram. And I already have about four or five guests already lined up and their stories are so freaking powerful. I'm so ignited to share those stories with you. So season four is really going to be something special. So stay tuned for that and let's dive in. Welcome back, everyone. Today with us is Leanne Matulo. She's a yoga therapy practitioner, a birth doula, certified sleep consultant, educator, writer, and founder of Yoga Deer. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your story with us, Leanne. Thank you for having me. You have so many experiences and you work in so many different niches. And so I'm really excited to hear all about it. But I especially love the work that you do. Um, just through your passion of embodied practice. I think that that's so beautiful. That's Mm. actually something that we kind of bonded over, especially bringing the feminine back into the practice. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I learned that you actually got into yoga because of your anxiety and your need to control life. And you ended up (laughs) using it to... (laughs) That didn't work. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Um, But you actually ended up using it to help um, with a health condition, even in birth and postpartum. Mm -hmm. So can you just, you know, explain and tell the story of what really drew you into yoga and how you use it and all of that good stuff. Yes, yes, yes. So I started yoga. I was actually, well, I first actually had my, my first foray into yoga when I was an undergrad, Uh, but I don't think I was really like connecting to it. I was still a dancer. I was still mainly performing at that time. And uh, it it was just, it was a one-time, one-time practice. And then I actually came back to it, as you said, uh, when I was in grad school I had moved back. I'm from the Washington, D.C. area. I moved back to D.C. I was in grad school full time and I was a grad school fellow and I was in this new city. I had been living in Pittsburgh for a while and also traveling for another job. And it was just highly overwhelming. And and I look back on that time. I'm actually now starting to finally accept that I'm more of a country person. (laughs) I'm like, I really like nature. I really like the ocean, but here I was in the middle of a city. So I, I saw, I sought out lots of different things. You know, I I saw a therapist. um, I tried different things at home, but really it was when I started to dive into my yoga practice there that I wasn't necessarily able to control my life, which is what I was getting at, but I was certainly able to soothe some of my anxiety and to take uh, just a, a deeper look within me, like what was happening within me why was the showing up rather than seeing it as something to fight if that makes sense so that was my first foray into yoga and uh, it was really interesting Uh, within maybe a year and a half I had started teaching yoga to inner city youth in DC so uh, I was teaching not necessarily yoga excuse me I'll go back I was teaching dance to inner city youth in, in DC and so these these children were in foster care. Uh, some of them had didn't really have parents or a familiar, familial figures in their lives. And at the same time that I was teaching them, I was also healing myself initially in terms of anxiety and just really getting to know who I was. So I thought, wow, I could really bring yoga to these kids. What would that be like? And so that's when I started to train in yoga. So I did my first weekend training. Uh, it was a kids yoga teacher training. And I will never forget Again, I'm still in grad school, like still in grad school thinking I'm going to work in higher ed for the rest of my life. And I did this teacher training and it was like a, it was like a remembering, like, oh my gosh, like this is a whole part of myself that I didn't know existed. It was already within me. So that was my, that was my foray into study and then also into teaching. And so, you know, many, many years go by and 
what I actually found was, okay, I'm doing a lot with my, with my body, but I'm kind of hitting a wall, you know, I'm kind of hitting, hitting a wall where I need to, I need to study some more. Uh, and around that time I had moved, I had gotten a different job, you know, many, many different things had taken place. And, uh, what I found, uh, I had gotten married. And so what you had referred to was a health condition. I had been diagnosed with hypothalamic amenorrhea. And so this is something that at the time, I mean, this was maybe six years ago. It wasn't too long ago, but at the time, nobody was talking about it. Like I couldn't find a podcast about it. I couldn't find articles about it, but essentially it's a condition of the reproductive system where it shuts down. And my husband and I had decided at that time we'd gotten, we had just gotten married and we wanted to start a family, but when you're not having a menstrual cycle, that makes it impossible. So I went on this long path of trying to figure out what had happened to my body and really deciding that I wasn't going to take uh, medical intervention. And so that's a really personal decision. I, I always say like, you know, you work with your care providers, you work with yourself. But for me, I really wanted to go on a journey of how did I, how did I wind myself up into this space and how do I get myself back out of it using the tools of yoga? So from that point is when I started to do something called yoga therapy on myself to really heal my body. And again, to make a long story really short, uh, two years later, I ended up getting pregnant naturally with my son. And of course, I utilized yoga during pregnancy and um, certainly during my postpartum experience, which led me into my specialties now, which are women's health, fertility, pregnancy, and postpartum. Wow. That is <laughs> such a beautiful story. Thank you. <laughs> wow. So what was it actually about the yoga therapy that helped you come back into this space? Mm, yeah, that's a, that's a really beautiful question. So in the Western world, particularly in, in the medical world and in the clinical world, and I can speak really specifically to, to fertility, there's this high focus on the body and on just the physical elements of what's happening with the body. And there's a certain protocol that is given regardless of the person's environment, you know, their emotional state, who they are as an individual, like all of those things. So really it only takes into account the physical. And that really wasn't working for me. I was like, I don't understand. You know, I don't understand why we're not actually thinking about you know, how I'm doing emotionally and how I'm doing um, maybe spiritually. And so the yoga therapy helped me to see that how I actually, how I actually could take responsibility for my condition. So hypothalamic amenorrhea is something that can be reversed. So it's usually brought on by uh, really heavy stress. And when I say heavy stress, I mean that mentally and physically. So heavy stress, oftentimes over exercise, or just not the right type of movement, uh, under eating. I mean, it can be brought on by, by so many different things, but it's usually self-induced or by some sort of trauma that has taken place. And so if that was the case, I was like, I don't understand why I'm not getting more support to try and reverse this on my own, rather than saying that my body is not capable of getting pregnant naturally. When I'd ever had any issues with, with fertility before or with menstruation before any of those things. And so what I think yoga therapy really helped me to do, well, I know it really helped me to do is to heal the emotional parts of myself that were grasping for that control that we talked about earlier, that wanted control over the way my body looked, you know, what it could do that was really obsessed with 
titles and like climbing a ladder, you know, in my, my, my professional career, I was just really focused on all these outward appearances, outward things that I really wasn't uh, allowing myself space to see how that was affecting my body and yoga therapy and the energy work. And uh, I also had a really fabulous acupuncturist who kind of kept me on track too. It was like the account- accountability partner in that way, helped me come back to myself, mm-hmm. really helped me come back to myself. Wow. I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> That's so inspiring. Thank you. I think, I think it really highlights how we, we do. Here's the thing. So like the irony of is <laughs> that you wanted control outside, mm. um, but you shifted. It's like you shifted that not control necessarily. I don't think that that might be the right word, but you know, like an awareness mm-hmm. and um, like an integration and a working with yourself mm-hmm. um, on the inside that really kind of shifted everything. Yes. That's amazing. Yes, so you. I will also want to say that that wasn't an easy process. So I, I want to make sure that's, that's clear that there wasn't necessarily, I was living in central Pennsylvania at the time. There wasn't a yoga therapist near me. I was doing these practices on myself and then had somebody that I worked with. I had an acupuncture, so I really trusted, but it really is a, it's a process. I'm sure, you know, too, it's a process to actually return to yourself, to trust yourself, to accept yourself, to be patient. You know, those, that, that is a process. It takes time. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And it's not easy. No. So what kind of um, obstacles and challenges did you face on your way to where you are now? Mm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so many. Well, you know, in terms of, you know, myself, let's say physically, emotionally getting to that point of like, oh, my body is actually uh, functioning in the proper way. Like if we're not having a, a cycle and we're in our reproductive years, there is a problem. You know, I think the biggest thing for me was I was so obsessed with perfection. You know, I was so obsessed with like doing things the right way, you know, like doing all the right steps. And so it was really an unlearning process of like, what is, you know, down to like, what is beauty? You know, like, what, what does that even mean? Um, even when it comes to like career, like I'm an East coast person, you know, again, grew up in the DC area, like career is everything. Like, what does it mean to like have a career and like, can you actually like it? <laughs> can you actually, can you actually enjoy it? And can you create something for yourself? You know, so those were, you know, physical and, and emotional, emotional challenges. I think the big challenge came in terms of where I am now, even with yoga therapy and going into the yoga space is that this is not a field that there have been many paths like to, to watch before you, you know, like there's not um, like when you're in a job and I worked in higher ed and I worked in development and fundraising and, um, there's usually some people around you that you're like, Oh, in like five to 10 years, like I could be in that position. Right. And Mm -hmm. in the yoga therapy space, that's, that's not the case. Yoga therapy is really old. It's been around for thousands of years, but in terms of it coming into the West and being really uh, established as a profession, it's quite new. So that has definitely been a challenge of like really being and trusting, you know, the, the next right step for me, like really turn, tuning into intuition and saying, okay, like what, what do I do next, you know, with my body, with my emotional health, but also with where I want to go uh, in terms of my practice. Yeah. Wow. And that's something that I can so relate to. It's like, you have to teach yourself to really understand. And of course those guideposts and um, the reflections that we see in other people that are doing it, you know, even if it's not around us and thankfully we're in an age where we can connect with almost anybody around the world mm-hmm. thanks to technology and we can at least kind of get a glimpse into other people's stories and the wisdom that they've learned and, uh, and integrated. But 
Um, for you, really, how does yoga therapy differ from, you know, just yoga as mm-hmm. we know it as like asana? Yeah, yeah. So yoga, th- like I think of yoga as this like the big umbrella, you know, there's all these different practices under yoga, there's, you know, vinyasa and hatha and restorative and ashtanga, like there's so many different things. And then like a piece of that is is yoga therapy. So yoga therapy, you know, is, is different in that Typically, it's tailored to the individual or a small group who are, who are working with uh, similar conditions, if you will. So it might be anxiety, it might be pregnancy, it might be um, something physical, it might be like back pain, you know, and it's really tailored fit. And what, what is different is that when you're going into a yoga class, you're really, um, depending on the teacher, which I think we have a lot in common in this, you're really given a set of postures. And sometimes you're given some wiggle room on exploration of what works for your body and what you want to do. But oftentimes that's really not the case. Like you're really going in there and doing what somebody gives to you, which can be beautiful. Like I just did that this morning. I took a class online. Whereas yoga therapy is, is actually more of an exploration throughout the process. So as you're given certain postures, and you may only be given maybe three to seven in, in a, a single class, a single series, you're really exploring like a sensation, what's happening in your body, what's happening to your breath, uh, where do you notice your energy, which can take some time. And it's really getting at something that we call the kosha model. So when you're when you're practicing yoga therapy, uh, there's what we call five layers to being human. So five koshas, five sheaths. And they're the, the physical, the energetic, the emotional, the intuitive, and the, the blissful bodies. And so what yoga therapy is really aiming to do is to treat all of those uh, in a series of practices to the individual. I hope that, I hope that makes sense. It's very, it's highly specialized. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. It's really focused. Down yeah. And, um, I love that it's like an individual practice mm-hmm. because that's what yoga is in general, mm-hmm. you know? And I remember I would go before lockdown, I would go to my favorite studio and I would really, really want to go into like down dog or, mm-hmm. you know, half pigeon or something and you know everybody else is doing cat cow right (laughs) so you just you feel like okay maybe I should just do what everybody else is Mm -hmm. doing maybe you know this one or two times I'll explore what feels good for me and the teacher will always say like do what feels good for you do what you feel Mm -hmm. is right but at the same time you kind of do feel that pressure because you're in a large group and that's just so innate and human right right (laughs) totally totally yeah and it's um I, I teach now, I teach a, a weekly series, and this is one of the things, one of the places we also connected to, and uh, I teach a lot in, in alignment with the seasons, you know, how we move with, with the seasons and how we adapt our movement to the seasons, but what I've started to do is, because those are group practices, like you're saying, which are beautiful, I try and give at least like five to ten minutes, whether all together or you know, kind of split up in the practice to explore different types of movement. So I'll, I'll give you something, I call it circular movement. So it's not like warrior one, warrior two, but I'll give you a practice, but then I really want you to make it your own. And because we're all online, they're just in their living rooms or bedrooms or wherever they really can. Like you were just saying, they don't feel that pressure to be like, what is everyone else doing? I can actually like really express and explore my body with these, with these practices. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. I love that. And can I just note that, like, I think one thing that lockdown has, you know, taught everybody that virtual yoga can still be powerful. Yes. And it's powerful because you are in your own space. You get to dictate 
what is in your space, what you invite in, you know, mm-hmm. you can do it naked and it's totally <laughs> right. fine. That's totally like, right. You don't have to wait. Yeah. You don't have to wait for a naked yoga workshop mm-hmm. that only happens once a month. You can do it every yes. day. Yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. So how do you see this work impacting others, especially in this kind of self-exploration mm-hmm instead of just like going with through the rhythms and through the, through the flows and everything. Yes. So the first word that comes to mind when you say that is freedom. So like one of my highest values is, is liberation and living a life that is free and really helping others to do the same. So one of the things that I found, uh, and I've been teaching, I've been teaching dance since I was 14 and then I've been teaching yoga for 10 years. And one of the things that I found probably within like, you know, the last, since I really started getting into yoga therapy. So the last five years was like, if I'm just giving people something to do, then I'm not actually teaching them how to, how to really be in their bodies and explore like on the mat and then off of the mat. So like in life, you know, we have all these to do's that we have to do. Like, you know, we go to work, we have tasks that we have to do for work, even if it's our own business. I have a child, you know, there's things I have to do for him that I love doing, but you know, these are, these are part of daily life it's really giving us that chance to actually shake it up a little bit in, in these, the practices that I, that I teach that I hope that I'm teaching is that I'm giving you this place where you may not have it in like the other hours of your day to really explore how your body wants to move, how your body wants to express itself. Uh, and really like some of the stories that might be covered, you know, and I mean, and I mean that in like the good stories, like the things that you wish would come to fruition in your life. Like I'm really hoping that these practices feel so expansive that you feel comfortable on going to these depths that you may not give your spa- yourself space to otherwise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that you said that your top value is liberation, especially and this is something I can relate to as well. Liberation is definitely one of my top mm-hmm. values, but I also have you know, it's also human to have that need for control. And so it's so, Mm -hmm. it's so balanced, I think, because it's like extremes on either side, you know, but um, do you feel like that liberation in your own yoga therapy practice is actually, do you think that was like the key element that really healed you? Oh, I've never been asked that before. I think, I think I could say yes. You know, I think, um, I think when you really do accept yourself, like when you really accept all the parts of yourself, even the parts that, you know, might be the, the, you know, the darker, the shadow, the more shadow sides, it is really freeing because no one, no one can take it away from you. You know, no one can, can say that you are less than because you've already accepted all the pieces of yourself. So, and I think that allows an individual to, you know, to take chances, to do some, you know, um, I don't know the words calculated, but like some necessary risk taking, you know, um, to find some comfort there and to be really comfortable with, with the unknown, you know, to not try and plan, you know, have your five-year plan, your 10-year plan, but to be really comfortable with, with the unknown. So long story short, yes. (laughs) I love that so much. Yeah. I think that that's such a good reminder, mm-hmm. you know, every day to just come back to that. And it can be so hard to, but, you know, obviously this has been a transformation process for mm-hmm. you. So how have you really integrated, you know, the transformations that these changes have brought into your life? And, you know, were there certain things that just like light bulb moments mm-hmm. or, things that you were like, oh, shit, I really am homeless with myself. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> what was the process really like um, internally and emotionally for you as you really just observed and witnessed this transformation happening for yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, so a couple of actually scenarios come to mind. So that moment where I found out that I was pregnant and at that point, at that point, my husband and I, like, you, know, you hear this like trying phase, you know, we were not trying at all. Like after, after I was like, okay, I'm really going to focus on healing my my HA, my amenorrhea. I'm really going to focus on really like developing a relationship with my body. Uh, I'm not saying everybody should do this, but I quit my former job and I opened up a yoga studio. Please don't necessarily like do that. Um, <laughs> but once I, I did all of those things and I, uh, and one of the reasons why, why I did that is I was like, if I'm, if I'm not happy here, if I'm really like unhappy with the fact that, um, I'm unhappy with my body. If I'm really going through this, this process of learning to love my body, I'm going to love some other things in my life. So I'm going to take a chance. You know, I was 27 at the time. I'm going to take a chance and quit my job. I have nothing to lose. I'm going to try and open this yoga studio. There wasn't one in my town. I think it's necessary. And that brought me so much joy. And I, in nine months after I opened that business, the irony is not lost on me. Nine months after I opened that business, I was pregnant. I didn't know it, but I was pregnant with my son. And when I found out about it, like six or seven weeks later, it was a moment of like, oh my gosh, I did it. You know, like, oh my gosh, I trusted myself enough to, you know, and, and I, I don't say this lightly. Like when you have HA, a lot of times the answer is to, to gain weight. Like I had gained weight. I learned to accept myself there, um, to accept like that I wasn't doing intense practices all the time and that I had trusted myself enough to take this risk and like build a really beautiful studio in this tiny town in central Pennsylvania that I never thought I would do. I really felt that moment of like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> oh my gosh, I did it. It's an ongoing process, but in this moment I did it. Yeah. 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 And I, I'll also say that it's, it's a, it's really a journey. So, you know, nine months, of course, like being pregnant for, for nine or so months. Um, after I had my son, I remember getting the, the, download the message really clear that I wasn't going to be having the studio for much longer. So it had been about a year and a half and it took a bit more time, but it was about a year and a half later. And I actually ended up selling it because we moved, um, our family moved from Pennsylvania to Rhode Island, which is where we live now. And, um, that was another process of like, I could be really holding on to this. And I certainly did. Like I was like holding, like before I was holding on to you know, my body and like, like at the corporate ladder and all of those things. And now I'm holding on to like my way of life before the business that I built. And so when we moved here, it was that whole process again, like unraveling, unlearning, letting go, learning to trust the next step, even if I didn't know what it was, you know, that whole, it just was like the whole thing happened again. So uh, it really never stops, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That those key and those core, um, I want to call them lessons for lack mm -hmm. of a better word. They always mm -hmm. stick with us and we just keep spiraling. <laughs> yes. <back to> them. <laughs> yes. Oh, wow. And so has yoga therapy been the most helpful activity or advice for your path and process or, or is it a combination of things mm -hmm. or. Definitely a combination. I, uh, so I'm a person that is definitely a body person. I'm on my mat every morning, uh, and when I say I'm on my mat, I know sometimes people think that that means like, oh, you're doing like 45 to 90 minutes of asana, of physical postures. That's not what I mean. Like I might do, you know, like 
couple of sun salutations, but really my, my practice is a lot of meditation. So I'm a really avid meditator, which is a huge part of yoga therapy is all the postures lead to stillness. That's the, that's the whole point. So the, the meditation has been a really big part of my life, but things like journaling, like I'm a writer. So most of what I write doesn't see the light of day you know, in terms of like my newsletter or like <laughs> anything that I post anywhere. But uh, that has been a really important practice and, and nature, which nature would be a part, it would be a piece of yoga therapy, but uh, really embedding myself in nature. So when we moved to Rhode Island, I grew up near the water in Maryland, uh, but we moved here, we're really close to the water, to the ocean. And I just, I'm there all the time. And I find it just incredibly healing, incredibly grounding and centering, which I'm sure you get to incredibly grounding and centering <laughs> and um, inspiring, you know, so those practices have been very important to me. Oh, I love that. Yes. The ocean is just, I just feel yes. like a mother. Like you really feel like the mother earth. Part mm-hmm. of the mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And she's oh. like intense, you know, and fierce, but also she can be so beautiful and still <laughs> it's just, there's so many lessons in watching, watching the ocean. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So you, you really talked about that time when you realized you were pregnant and you had just started. Is that when you feel like things kind of took, um, I don't want to say positive in the way that we, we think positive, but just like a really like a transformational turn or have there, have there been different points in your life where you're like, oh, like that, oh shit, I'm really kind of <laughs> uh, That definitely was one of them. I would even say like maybe even like four or five months before I found out I was, I was pregnant. And that was like, uh, I left cause I, in those, in that two years, like the year and a half, I was seeking like medical, meaning like Western medicine, clinical advice, and not necessarily treatment, but doing different procedures and protocols alongside my yoga therapy and my acupuncture. And about like, it was, I can't remember if it was like, maybe five months, five months before I found out I was pregnant, I really abandoned everything that had to do with clinical practice. Cause I was like, this isn't working. Not that it never works for people. It just wasn't working for me. And I think it takes a lot to say, I'm going to trust myself over what anybody else who maybe is more trained, quote unquote trained in this field has to say, like, I'm going to trust my body more. So uh, I think that was definitely a turning point where I was like, I'm not seeing doctors anymore. I'm just really going to focus on, uh, my practices and my business. I'm just like really nurturing something that I love. Um, being pregnant for sure when I found out that I was pregnant. Uh, and then of course, like pregnancy throws whole, you know, not a wrench, but it just, it can really throw you for a loop. Like your body is changing day to day, week to week. Uh, you really don't have necessarily like control over your birth experience or what happens postpartum, you know, like that is a whole surrendering laying down process. I honestly think, um, the next, like the, the next kind of milestone in terms of like really self acceptance and surrender was when we moved, uh, probably a year after we moved here. So even like relatively recently, we've been here for, it'll be three years in October. Um, and a year after we moved here, I was like kind of fighting with the, with the move. <laughs> Number one, I did not want to leave um, Pennsylvania. I didn't want to leave my business. Uh, I was still really figuring out what it meant to be a mother. I was still adapting to a different body. Um, I had a really complicated 
uh, postpartum experience, which we can certainly talk about that yoga therapy was really, really helpful for me with. And so I was just, and I also didn't know what was next. I didn't have a quote unquote goal. I didn't have like a, this is what I'm going to do next. I'm going to build a yoga therapy practice. I was just really like flowing, you know? And I think that's really what the ocean gave me is like, can you just ride some waves right now? Can you just coast right now? And not, and really trust that. Like that's all that life is asking you to do. Like you don't have to worry. Can you just coast right now? Um, and there's probably a lot more I could say about that, but that was definitely another time. Because I think in life, like we think we constantly have to be going, 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 doing, doing, doing. We always have to have a plan. If there's not a plan, like we have to, we'll freak out. Or if we have a plan, there has to be a plan B. And sometimes I really don't necessarily believe that that is true. That it's really okay to to coast for a bit and to explore. I wholeheartedly mm-hmm. agree with that. And can you expand on that more? Because it's such a, you know, just, I want to call it a spiritual <laughs> journey. I think it's just a modern human <laughs> journey now that like we, everybody, everybody is experiencing some kind of change mm-hmm. and shift in their life where they, they, they really just kind of rebirth themselves into a whole new life. And so as you do that, you get the hang of it. And then the universe seems to be like, oh, okay, you can handle this. Well, let's take it up a notch. And so then you are forced to flow and you are forced to just open and receive and Mm -hmm. really dive into that divine Mm -hmm. feminine energy that we all hold, no matter what gender body we have. And it's really just all about, you know, receiving and that Mm -hmm. intuition, like you will know when it is. And that takes so much trust and all of these are divine feminine traits. So what was your experience yeah. going through that? And really what made you actually, you know, A, have trust and B, like, was it intuition that gave you the nudge to, you know, take you where you are now? Yes, to the intuition. Yes. And sometimes I, you know, I'm definitely not like some guru enlightened person because I definitely still fight with my intuition for sure. Like, really? Like, that's what I'm left. That's the next step. That doesn't sound very exciting. You know, like that's... uh that's definitely been a part of it. But you know, when, when I've been a mo- like a movement person, essentially my whole life, I started dancing when I was three and I really stopped performing when I was like 22, 23. And then I, you know, I, I said, I started, I started teaching when I was 14 and got into yoga when I was like 21. So movement has always been a really big part of my life. And what I started to realize is when this is the whole point, like I really believe that the way we move is the way we live. And so I really started to notice um, you know, even pre like uh, me really diving into the divine feminine, I really started to notice those times where I felt really expansive and those times where I felt really contracted, like in my body, like those times where I felt like my breath was moving. I felt really fluid, you know, like I was walking with ease. My movements are graceful. And those times where I felt really sharp and really stiff and really tight, you know, my breath was really tight. And so for me, that was like my entry point into like what, what feels, what is the next right thing? You know, like what feels good and what doesn't. And the hard part is that we've really been, we've really been conditioned in our culture to not, to not value that, you know, especially, um, I'm an, I, I identify as a woman, especially as women, especially when we're girls, like we don't, we're not taught to say, Hey, like you can really trust these feelings and these experiences in your body where we're taught to follow certain paths, you know, like you go to school, you're in school for a certain amount of time. You might go to college or a trade school. You might, you know, go to grad school, you get a job. Like you're kind of told to follow these paths and 
you know, for me, like they just didn't fit. Like I never was able to answer a question ever in any interview of my life. Like, what is your five-year plan? I'd always be like, I have no idea. Like, I don't like that just sounds, if, if I'm planning that I'm not allowing for something really beautiful to come in, you know, <laughs> if I'm planning for that then there's no mm-hmm. space, you know, to like you were just saying to receive something different. So for, you know, for me, the number one thing is, is the body. Like when I am thinking about something um, or I'm considering or I'm presented with an opportunity, does it feel expansive or does it feel uh, like a contraction in my body? And can I really, really trust that? And, you know, the other thing is uh, I find, I want to be careful with my words, but I find in meditation, like when you're really diving into some of these contemplative practices, that inner knowing, whether it's logical or not, and it usually isn't logical, it becomes so much harder to deny. Like it becomes, um, it becomes like an internal fight, like an internal battle and one that I just don't want to have, you know? And so, uh, when we moved here, the, the voice or, you know, my inner knowing, my intuition, my higher self, like whatever you want to call it, uh, was really kind of asking me to take it extremely slow. My business in Pennsylvania grew really fast. And so this was a time of like, go really slow, take your time, like really focus on your spiritual practices. And anytime I tried to speed it up, something would happen, you know, like, um, I would start to feel like overwhelming exhaustion or I would get an injury or I would just get like really overwhelmed with, with my work. And so I really just have, uh, and again, I'm not perfect at this, but I really like every day, it's almost like an intention for the last probably two years of like, what can I allow today? Rather, what can I plan all the time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so true. it's not easy, right? Like you kind of are like, yeah. And even if I make like I, every night before the next day, I make like a list of three things I, I want to do the next day. And usually I do them, but there's still a flow element to them. Like sometimes I'll move this piece actually over here or, you know, I really like to be with the energy of the day. Uh, that's, that can be kind of hard to explain to, to folks who might be like very like rigid in their, their approach or very type A, which I used to be, I was I'm a reformed type A person. I I mean so like the challenges that that came with reforming (laughs) a type a personality it's almost like rehab for you know I said the modern Mm -hmm. human experience you know we so many of us have been taught and conditioned to be type a and you know to constantly be on the ball and to Mm -hmm. to know like just just know everything (laughs) And um, so really, you know, for the people listening, what would be the biggest advice that you could give them um, if they're like, you know, everybody, if you're in that type A personality, I think that it's something that we can also Mm -hmm. shift, you know, and be very Mm -hmm. fluid with. We we can be type A when we need to be and we can back off. And like, it's also like this masculine and feminine uh, Mm -hmm. feminine play at the same time. But um, so for the people that are just constantly yes. go, 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 you know, the sympathetic nervous system just can't shut off and can't have some rest mm-hmm. at fight or flight. Um, what would you, you say, like, what would be the biggest advice that you could tell them? Yeah. I, I when you were just talking about that, I was like, let me just do a, a mudra real quick <laughs> to, like, to connect with this because, um, one of the things that I, that I ask a lot of individuals that I work with that are in that state of like, 
going all the time and, and really having a hard time slowing down. We might call Vata, you know, very Vata energy in Ayurveda, very like in the head, um, airy, kind of scattered, kind of flighty, moving from task to task really fast to really get them grounded, you know, more into that like Kapha energy. I, um, I usually ask like, where's the joy, you know, like, where's the joy, where's the pleasure. And, uh, that usually, not always, but that usually, or they're like, there's no joy. <laughs> there's no joy right now. There's no, what do you mean by pleasure? What does that mean? <laughs> you know, but usually that, that does stop um, all of us, you know, in our, in our tracks for a moment to say, oh, wait a second, you know, of all these things that I'm, that I'm doing, that I'm supposed to be achieving and I'm moving so quickly, where is, where is the joy? Uh, or it's a pause of, I don't even know what pleasure is. Like, what, what does pleasure mean? What does bliss mean? Uh, and that's probably the biggest question I would ask. Like, if you feel like you're in that, that type A, that control, that, uh, which we all, we all totally have been there and we, 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 do, we go back there, but to pause and ask yourself, where's the joy, you know, and I'm not, and I, am I receiving, am I allowing pleasure in my life? Wow. Do you have any sort of tools that they could use on their own and with their own discretion, um, on how they can really open up and have more allowance because mm. we talked about receiving and everything and it really is I feel like just like a choice like it's something mm -hmm. that you just have to do but there is a battle there mm -hmm. to get to that point so what would you say about that really really good question so yeah there's I, for whatever reason I'm thinking about the term self-care when you say that you know and um, like how do I open myself up to receive more of the joy and the pleasure if our lives are so full we can't like that's really the the truth of the matter if, like it's like I have a teacher who talks about um, one time she put us in meditation at the beginning of one of her three hour lectures. And she was like, okay, everybody's going to go into yoga nidra. And afterwards she was basically like, you're all too full. Like I couldn't give you any information. Like you wouldn't be able to receive anything. You're too full. There's too much going on in your mind. Mm -hmm. And it was such a beautiful reminder of, uh, yeah, if there's, if you, if your life is so full, if your calendar is so, so stacked, if there's really no, you know, white space, uh, in your day, then yeah, it's going to be really hard to find those, those pockets, those moments, because it's in the not doing, you know, it's in the experimenting and the exploring and the, and the receiving. So I wrote a piece a while ago about uh, all the things that you, not all the things, but what can you essentially take away in your life to give you space that self-care isn't necessarily adding something on. It's what can I take away in my day? Like what is really not working for me? And that's going to be really, um, really specific from person to person. So that's one of the, yeah, that's one of the first things I think about. And the other thing I think about is something so simple. Uh, and I know we're, nobody can see me necessarily, but uh, how, you know, taking like a couple of minutes in your day to actually roll through your joints. So to like roll through your neck, roll through your wrists, your shoulders, your hips, gosh, the hips, like please roll the hips, the ankles, you know, just to really allow some energy to move. And even just like that little, that little adjustment of working into the joints can be a process of, um, I mean, this is going very deep into, you know, yoga therapy and Ayurveda, but a process of opening up the nadis, the energetic pathways in the body and, and for prana to move that way you can really receive. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And not just that, but if we can talk about it, you know, on a scientific level, when we roll our joints, and if we can compress them, but like with supine twists and stuff, then we actually can purge yes. the body of toxins and build up, like, especially, you know, as women, we store so mm. much in our hips, like when we shove emotions down deep, they just get stored there. And 
I think the hips are probably the last thing that people yes. actually think about stretching mm-hmm. and moving. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, <laughs> and I love your work. And I, I think that we should do a whole entire episode because um, I can see, you know, not anytime soon necessarily, but I can see my work is going to shift towards um, helping, you know, mm-hmm. pregnant women embodying, you know, all forms yes. of a goddess and like really like feeling like a goddess yes. while they're pregnant and and then even into that um, transition in the motherhood because that pregnancy is such mm-hmm. an initiation and so I'm obsessed <laughs> with the fact that you're a birth doula and you used um, your yoga therapy for your birth and your mm-hmm. postpartum and all of that and I think that that would just be such a yes. topic. We can to talk certainly about. talk about that. And you're right. That would be a whole, <laughs> a whole deep dive. But there's, a, like, as you said, there was an initiation at a couple different points, you know, when you just, when you decide this is a journey you want to enter on, I actually just wrote about this. When, when you decide that this is a journey that you want to enter into and like really preparing your body and something we don't talk about in the West is preconception. So how are we really supporting the, mm. the female form? Um, and like, as you were just saying, like from, you know, from the food that we eat, from, you know, how our emotions are, but also like embodying that goddess-like energy, that goddess-like quality. And then when we are pregnant, that's another initiation. And then certainly birth itself. I really, I talk about birth as a portal, like birth is a, it truly is. It's, it's a portal to a different way. And what happens is that typically uh, a, a mother or a birthing person, a new parent, they, uh, they'll need to grieve their life before their life where they were more independent. And now they have someone who is dependent on them or multiple someone's. So there's all these touch points that are that, you know, yoga therapy, that Ayurveda, that the divine feminine can really support in these, uh, these stages of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would you say would be the biggest impact that you've seen on your clients with using yoga therapy just through these transitions and these initiations? Oh my gosh. That's such a good question. The <laughs> biggest one. Uh, I mean, I don't know if this is actually the biggest one, but it's the thing I see is that they, uh, and I'm actually just thinking about somebody I talked to on Sunday, is they really, they actually feel, they feel their emotions. And that sounds so small. I know that sounds like so small, but they actually are able to really feel into where they're at and how they how how they're responding to their environment and life pressures. Uh, they're really able to to be with the things that are hard, and I really see that as a turning point to make real change in your life. Because if you keep denying it, your life's just going to go on the same path, you know. And and I, I find that's where the yoga gets hard. Because when you're like, oh, yoga felt great when I first started doing it. And now it's kind of showing me like the tougher <laughs> parts, right? And I, I don't want to deal with that. Like, I don't, I actually don't want to sit, sit in those really uncomfortable pieces. But in the, you know, especially in yoga therapy, and especially when I work one on one in groups for this, the transformation I see is when they are allowing themselves to feel it. And that from that point, they make a choice on what to do next. Oh, I love it. What would you say would be the biggest? obstacle then is actually feeling it the biggest obstacle or is it something that comes before that like this um kind of resistance towards the change or for the individual is that what you're what you're saying yeah for your clients that go through all of these transitions I would say uh 
Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a piece of it is also feeling okay and supported and feeling, you know, and feeling and also expressing that maybe I want something different for my life, or maybe I actually do need to make a change. But even before that, I think uh, the the biggest obstacle is really the consistency, you know, is is if um, so say, like, for example, say I sit down with somebody and like, that day, and this doesn't happen in every session. There's not like crying in every session, but that happens a lot. When I when I'm sitting with them <laughs> and they have kind of a breakthrough moment, you know, and it's it can be really terrifying. Like, oh my gosh, like and we don't necessarily do, you know, like inner child work. I'm not a psychotherapist, but um, as you, as everybody who practices yoga knows, there's times when we sit in a certain posture and all of a sudden we're like, why am I crying right now? <laughs> like, why, why is this mm-hmm. happening? So but the problem is, is when I give, you know, a treatment plan and I say, okay, like we're going to see each other next week or in two weeks, but I need you to actually sit with this practice, you know, this mantra or this meditation or this movement. I need you to do that a couple more times before we meet again. And then they don't um, because they're afraid of going back to that. Does that make sense? So like it's, that is probably the biggest challenge is that is the consistency is I have to show up and I have to be with whatever is here whenever I come to my mat and do these practices to be able to move, to be able to move through it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's not even just that's in life, that's in life yes. in general. Yes. Yeah. And it, I mean, I think that, I think that's the biggest thing. Like we don't necessarily, like I hear people, you know, telling other people you're so brave for, you know, healing mm. and breaking past all of that. And I don't know if it's necessarily bravery or courage, but yes. that consistency that you said, just that, mm-hmm. that willingness, like that's all you don't have to like be courageous or brave. You just mm-hmm. have to be willing to show up because so many times, like even in my own personal journey, you know, something cuts so deeply mm-hmm. the first time, but then after that, it's like, okay, I know I'm going to go deeper with it, but it's not as painful because that initial, like, sharp pain is over and now it's like the healing process has finally started it's Mm -hmm. like ripping off a band-aid that's so beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but then you let the air you air it out and that's what that healing process is you just keep airing it out and then it just Mm -hmm. keeps you know Mm -hmm. it just keeps yeah that's so beautiful that's so true and again it goes back to that it goes back to that liberation piece too because I find that for myself I mean this is myself but I also hear it too with those I work with is like once I have that experience, you know, yes, it might be scary to return to again, or perhaps like the, the consistency comes from, oh, my life is too busy, and that's a totally different conversation. But when you know, when you really have a moment like that, it is really freeing to be like, I don't have to carry this anymore. Like I don't have to carry this anymore. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you love most about? you know, where you are right now in your work, but also in your life, because this all just sounds so Wow. <laughs> wow. So it's, I think I shared this with you in an email. I feel like my, my private practice is really shifting right now, which is uh, scary, but also something that I'm, I'm loving and trying to, again, this is like trying to allow it to flow as I've been this last year, uh, specifically, I've been working a lot one-on-one, like a lot with one-on-one clients, which has been amazing. But one of the things that uh, I've really been feeling quite strongly is to move into more group practices, because I think that there is such a beauty that comes from working with a group with similar interests or similar needs. So 
that is actually really exciting to me. I, um, I like, I think I shared, I hope it's okay to say that uh, I had relaunched narrative, which is my membership community. And I was really nervous to do it because I was like, this is unlike anything I've done before. We're going to be doing movement that's adapted to the seasons. You know, we're really going to be spending 20 minutes on breath work and meditation in every single, you know, 60 minute class. Um, it's going to be very circular in nature. So really, really embodying the feminine and putting it into um, not necessarily a course, but more of a series format. So that's really exciting. And and then now what I'm doing, what I've been working on that I'm just absolutely loving is building out these courses that are really pulling in like the divine feminine, um, yoga therapy, different energy work into preconception. So fertility prenatal care, and then postpartum. So instead of doing all this stuff one-on-one -on -one all the time, I can have people in community from where, like from anywhere in the world to join these courses, which I'm just like, it takes time, but I'm so excited about it. <laughs> I really am. I'm so excited about it. Yeah. That sounds amazing. And if I have <laughs> so want to work with I you. I love that. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. So, um, you know, you've shared so many nuggets of gold here. And I know I'm now like, I knew your work before, but now I'm so much more interested in just like keeping up mm, and following you. what you're doing. So um, for people who want to do the same, and for people who actually do want to work with you, how can they find yes, you? In the, thank you for asking the best. The best way is to go to my website. So to go to yogadeer.com and, and deer is D-E-A-R, like deer diary, or <laughs> you're writing a letter. Uh, and so that's where you can read. I have a whole section on like, what is yoga therapy? Uh, I have some free downloads there too. I'll actually be adding some new ones. So I have uh, yoga nidra meditation. That's really beautiful. It's actually beautiful now as like we're coming out of this new moon. I don't know when this is going to air, but right now it's we're coming out of a new moon. Uh, so I have yoga nidra meditation, which is all about relaxation and practicing lying down and uh, a class that you can take on, on moving with water. So you can you can sign up and, and get that there. Uh, that's the best place right now. I'm taking a break. I don't know if you saw that. I'm taking a break from social media. I need to kind of pull back and be in my own space to create. Uh, so I am on Instagram at Leanne Matulo. But the best place right now is to connect with me via email and at yogadeer.com. Awesome. And you said like, I hope it's okay to share. About like, <laughs> of course, you. please promote yourself. Please promote what you're doing. Thank like, you. Thank you. Yeah. It's a uh, narrative is really beautiful. It's a beautiful group. It's totally, you know, it's exactly what I would have wanted, especially a few years ago. And I just think it's a really great compliment to whatever else you're doing, you know, whatever other yoga practices you're doing or, you know, running or whatever your thing is to actually have these places where we can embody the feminine and really learn what that means and learn to be with ourselves. So beautiful. Mm -hmm. oh, I love that. So I just okay. have one last question. Okay. Oh gosh. Question yes. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great question to be asked, but for everybody um, listening to ask themselves as well, even if you've listened to previous episodes, like ask yourself again, because you're always growing, but so the question is, who is the superhero inside of you that has all the power you could ever like need? Like an actual superhero? <laughs> <laughs> you can interpret it however you want. Some people have just said life. Some people have, yeah, yeah. I'm not even going to say the other ones. This is totally open for you. <laughs> oh, let me take a moment. So the superhero inside of me that has all the power that I need, is that what you said? Mm. Yep. 
so I get like an image. <laughs> I'm a, kind of a visual person, I guess. Uh, but I get, I, I talk about a jewel, you know, a jewel, a gem at the center of our being. Um, that's really what, what my work and the work of yoga and breath work is all about lifting the veils and like really coming into this like gem at the center of our being. And for me, the word that comes up is Shakti. So Shakti, that like divine feminine energy. And I find, I find Shakti and that gem, that, that inner self, that knowing that, you know, feminine flowing presence to be, to be a, a immense superpower in my life. Just this like guiding light that is in me and of me, but also, uh, also otherworldly. I know I love that so, so, so much. That is so beautiful. Wow. Well, I have so much gratitude um, for you sharing your story and it's been such an honor and I just appreciate it. Thank you. you Likewise. This has been a beautiful conversation. I'm so glad that we've connected and, and I'm so glad that you asked me to be a part of, be a part of your work. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope that this episode has somewhat inspired you to take control, given you the tools to feel secure and on fire in your own independence, and help to unlock within you the impact that you're here to make. You're not born with a purpose. You're born as your purpose. It's already inside of you, and it's your responsibility in this life to live that in the truest way possible. If you've gotten any sort of value out of this episode, please share it so that we can together expand our inspiration and our impact in this world.